Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, continuing on with the other questions. Uh, this one from uh, Funbags uh, says, could we play Jamin Davis at the nickel spot or the Buffalo nickel spot? He has played safety in his career. He isn't terrible at coverage and he's really good at blitzing off the edge. I honestly feel like that would have been a perfect spot for him. Um, so we did the, the Jamin Micah Parsons role the other day. What about Jamin at Buffalo nickel? So I actually talked to... Um someone on in the building about that just was like you know hey like you, this was before last year's draft it was a really long time ago and that was like you know could could jamin do it and you're looking for resources and everything and what it came out basically was like they didn't feel at the time that he had good enough hips to play the position what that means is like when you're playing that buffalo nickel you do have to carry number two who's usually a slot receiver vertical right so Damon has obviously has the straight line speed to do that and you know I think he's really good out of a back pedal attacking downhill he showed a nice proclivity for that he does a good job carrying two vertical in certain situations but I don't know if you want him majoring in that necessarily right so um and a little bit just how he's built. He's a bigger guy. He's 6'3", almost 6'4". He's 245 pounds. There's a reason that you know no nickel player looks like that because they have to turn, flip their hips, open those hips, and carry that thing vertically, and then adjust the football in the air. So Leonard, like, he's a more leader athlete. So I don't think that that translates necessarily uh, the way people think it would. Like, I thought maybe, right? But I think you're looking for a guy who's got, like, DB hips and DB feet, like, quite frankly. And I think the physicality of the position is something that is um, overrated because of Landon Collins' role there. Like, when you look at the, the Buffalo nickel – the nickels that have been successful there, it's Cam Curl, it's Bobby McCain, it's guys that are physical, but really the thing that they're prioritizing is the coverage ability, right? And so I, I don't think that um, Jamin necessarily has that in the bag at the moment, right? And that's not a knock against him. He's one of the most athletic linebackers in the NFL, but there's a reason that, you know, Luke Keekley doesn't play the Buffalo nickel spot, right? He, he just, he's not athletic enough to do it, even though he's a tremendous athlete. So I just think that that's, that's part of it. It's just a different type of athleticism, a different skill set. And you're looking for a very 
specific body type and mover at that spot. And just Jamin isn't that guy. And, and I don't think he'll develop into that guy just because of the type of athlete that he is. My question back to all these questioners is why is everyone trying to move Jamin Davis? <laughs> like he was, he was good last year. He's, he's growing yeah. into a good player. And you know, where, where someone is drafted is relevant. The, the earlier they are drafted, the more you expect from them early on, as well as you expect a higher ceiling. Like that is how you become a top, whatever pick like Aiden Hutchinson went to because he was going to come in day one and be awesome. And then he was going to grow into what they hope to be a hall of fame caliber player, but certainly a pro bowler. Right. And sure enough, Aiden Hutchinson, while he had moments where he looked like a rookie this year for Detroit, also had moments where he looked like a future Hall of Famer. Like that dude is real good, which is why he went two overall. Jamin, as a first round pick, was taken there because he has a high upside and he was probably overdrafted because he wasn't ready to play immediately, which is something that was known because he barely played football in college. He played right. essentially one season. That said, the high upside thing is still relevant and his development is still happening. And I just don't get the incessant need to move him when he's improved. I get it um, because first impressions matter a lot. And the first impression of his rookie season makes, I think, a lot of people think that he's not actually cut out to do this. He is. He's 6'4". He's 245. He's really fast. He play, uses his arms well. Like he does, he does all the things that you want in a linebacker, and he's gotten progressively better at them. So I would, my response would be like, sure, could you line him up outside in certain formations against certain personnel, and when you're in base, feel comfortable kicking him out into some space? Sure, but that's part of his responsibilities as a linebacker. Right. There's yeah. no, there's no reason to move him. Quit trying yeah. to move Jamin Davis. I read that as like they see him as a good athlete, and he is a good athlete. He's a very yeah. explosive athlete, and they say, "Why, why, why can't we apply that athleticism to the Buffalo nickel role?" And I, so I think it's kind of in a way, it's like an endorsement of of Jamin, right? Oh, like we see this tremendous athlete, Micah Parsons. Why can't we use Jamin that same way? Oh, you know, he runs a four four. Bobby McCain runs a four five. Why can't he play the Buffalo nickel, right? And I think it, it's it's more of a it's it's showing it's it's showing a optimism towards his athleticism and I, and I, all i would say it's just they're different types of athletes micah parsons is a different type of athlete than jamin and jamin's a different type of athlete than most nickel players in the nfl and there's a reason that nickel players look a specific way right they they kind of are this you know they're 190 pounds to 215 pounds on the heavy side they're super quick they're super fast they're tough little little bastards, like because like that's the type of body type that fits that most effectively, right? Even even good safeties have a hard time playing nickel because of the demands of the coverage that you need to do there, right? So I think that's why finding a good nickel is so can be so challenging because it is a very specific mindset and it's a very specific um, athlete athlete. And unfortunately, like no, not unfortunately, like Jamin is a linebacker. And there's a reason he's a linebacker. There's a reason Nichols don't play linebacker, right? So I think that that's just something that fans need to understand. Like when you're watching the game, like watch the nickel. Watch what they have to do. There's a lot of space. They have to do a lot in coverage. Um, and the run stuff is secondary. And I know that everyone says, oh, the Buffalo nickel, Buffalo nickel. When you look at the Buffalo nickel role, we've talked about this before, it literally is just the nickel spot. Right. And they just said Buffalo nickel so that Landon would go play basically in the box. Like it right. was a little it's, bit of a, it's a linebacker. Scheme. Yes. That tends to do a little bit more in coverage. Correct. Based off responsibilities. Right. Like so, that's all it is. Right. 
So it's it's taking your middle linebacker or your will linebacker and putting him at Sam. Yeah. So why would you why would you do that? Um, because you need you need that other position filled too. Yeah. And maybe maybe if like you're you know because guys get hurt and you, you're scrambling one day, sure you could kick Jamin out there and be like, hey Cole, you're playing Mike and you know rookie, you're playing Will and Jamin, you're all we got. Go out there and get them. But like that. But that I, just isn't I th- necessary. I think even on the roster, though, there's um, I'd say there's an, an advantage, honestly, to like like look at who they wanted to play nickel. Like Percy Butler is the guy they wanted to play nickel. He's like uber twitchy, uber twitchy, right. uber long. It's he's different than Jamin, right? Like, but that is more of a true nickel, right? There's right. a physicality, there's a twitch there. So like, even if even if you were in a pinch, like I'd be like, hey, one of you safeties come down here and like, right. Give it a shot. Like it's just a different type of athlete. And again, not a knock on Jamin. He's a good linebacker, not a good nickel. And that's how right, most which is fine because he's a linebacker. Yeah. Like that, and that's the kind of thing. It's like, okay, so then who plays linebacker? Because you've decided to kick him over. <laughs> Someone who's worse at playing linebacker. It's right. not like that spot disappears and those responsibilities disappear. Right. Um, all right. Uh this question comes from me. Uh, and it's something that you and I talked about off the air. I talked about it on the radio show yesterday, but I wanted to get your take on this on the air as well. Uh, Derek Carr's release yesterday mm-hmm. by the Raiders and now becomes a free agent. Uh, should the commanders be interested in Derek Carr? And then and then make sure before you answer this, you duck because people are throwing things at us. Yeah. So I think, I mean, just as like a good process standpoint, I'm going to go talk to Derek Carr. I'm going to talk to his agent. I'm going to see what he's looking to get on the market. And if it's a crazy number, I'm going to say, okay, well, we're not interested. But if he's like, oh, yeah, like I would be willing to t- take – 33 million dollars this year like he is a good quarterback he's an excellent football player he struggled a little bit last year no doubt but if you look at his 2022 tape he's a top 10 player you know and and it's a different type of top 10 player than Carson Wentz for example and I know one of the things I've said on this podcast is that Derek Carr is wildly inconsistent year to year especially with a new OC that criticism is still 1000% valid but he is a good football player smart quick release understands where the football needs to go and I think he's a guy that could elevate this type of skill position player. Now, like with anything in the NFL, the cost is something that becomes a factor. Because if Derek Carr says, yeah, I'll come here for $15 million, you jump on that like it's, you know, like it's the best deal of all time because it is. But if he says, no, I'm really looking to be, you know, one of those top kind of top 10 paid quarterbacks. I'm looking for about $41 and a, $41.5 million. And you say, that's not for us at this point in our franchise building process. So, of course, of course, you're interested. You're interested in good football players. It's just about that cost to play relationship. It's the same thing that they ran into with Kirk Cousins. It's like, would you like to have Kirk Cousins? Yes. Do you think he's worth $28 million when he was making his deal? They didn't think that. And he got paid a lot of money to go play in Minnesota. So I just think that that is kind of what you're always negotiating. Like, you know, I'm... If I'm the GM, I'm calling Tom Brady's agent, even though he said he'd retired, just to see. I'm calling Aaron Rodgers just to see what the market is. I'm calling I'm calling all of those teams to make sure that my evaluation and understanding of the market is complete. But if the price is wrong, which I'm assuming it's going to be, I'm not going to jump right. on it. It's not the right thing for me right now. Do you have a number in mind before I, I give my two cents here like what's the what's what's the number for car where you're like eh. and it could be a number that he's not interested in remotely where you're like hey 50 if it's more than 15 like this just doesn't fit our budget yeah i, I mean i think that's like the budget it's for them i think the budget's probably i think you'd be comfortable paying like 25 to 15 for him 
And if you were set to say like 30, I think I would even jump on that. Because right, think about this, just for context. The market for a quarterback is $40 million plus a year. So if he's taking 30, I'm thinking about it. Now, is it the right decision? I don't have to give up any draft capital. I don't have to do anything crazy because he's cut. So just me and him working out a deal, right? I'm going to think about it. Now I'm going to evaluate all my options. How much do I really like Sam Howell? Do I love that? No, but do I think it's an upgrade of what of what they've had over the last couple of years? Yes, and I know fans are freaking out. No more retreads, no more veteran retreads. But ultimately, like if I'm the GM, I'm interested in good football players. And I think he's a pretty good football player. And yeah. $30 million, I think that this good value. So I had Deshaun Reed, who is the Athletics uh, beat reporter oh. covering the Raiders on last week. And I said, should the commanders have or be interested in, in Derek Carr? Yes, quarterback is Sam Howell. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what, what are we of doing? All the here? things like, you said, that's going to be the thing that's most controversial <laughs> on my YouTube page, within my Twitter, everything. People love Sam Howell here. Yes. I mean, I covered Florida State. He was once committed. So, like, nothing against Sam Howell. Like, I, yeah. you know, his family, all the good people. Derek Carr is, is exponentially better than Sam Howell. Sam, the chance of Sam Howell becoming as good as Derek Carr is probably pretty small. He's, and if he does, he's probably not ready yet. Like, I know he had a couple of games at the end there, but come on now. And while people are like, oh, my God, Sam's amazing. Like, yeah. all that stuff. He's right. Yes. Like, if Sam Howell develops into Derek Carr, You're the commanders up. have done an incredible job. And every bad thing you ever said about anybody who was involved in his drafting is is vindicated, validated, what like they are your criticism does not matter. They they won the argument. Because if you get a guy who is going to multiple years be in the MVP conversation in the fifth round, you have done a miracle or you you have pulled off a miracle. Yeah. These things happen sometimes in the NFL, not very often. Like right. it's Dak, it's Kirk. It's like what once every five years, a really high end starter is is like MVP level is someone drafted third round or later. Uh, Most Russ, of the quarterbacks in the NFL are Russell like, Wilson. and again, it happens because there's only 32 starting quarterbacks and there's only like 22 of them that are actually good. Um, and so they come from a variety of places, but of that, let's say 22, 25, whatever the number is, half of them are first round guys. Correct. Like they most often not only come first round, but like top 10. Right. You know, if you can tell me Tom Brady, you can tell me Russell Wilson, you can tell me all these guys. And I'll be like, Burrow, Lawrence, like one, one overall. Josh Allen. Josh Allen was, I think, eighth. But like um, Lamar Jackson, like all, they're all first round players. Right. Even Lamar who's like, oh my God, they pass on Lamar. Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God, they pass on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They were 25 and 23, I think, respectively, yeah. Lamar, Aaron. So like the first round is where you find your guy. And so Carr is still very good. And if Sam Howell could play at a level that Derek Carr could this upcoming season, that would be incredible. That said, what's the downside? And if you put it that way, it's like, well, shoot, forget everything we just said about everybody else in this podcast. Go get the guy. But the problem is we can't dismiss that. And the question that they've got to answer and why ultimately I would still lean towards Howell and a Dalton, a Brissetta, whoever is the backup, is you can kiss Reeves goodbye. You can kiss, and it's pain, the same. You probably know, pain. probably pain goodbye. Like curl, you kiss curl things. the ability to extend Cam, so he's pissed off the whole year, then probably leaves next year. Like all that stuff is off the table. 
because you've done what you did last year. And that was the problem last year was they gave up so much for Wentz is they lost their depth on the defensive line. They lost a couple of other guys and the like who knows what the counterfactual is in terms of who they could have signed who they never even looked at because they decided to spend 28 million dollars on Carson Wentz instead of just running it back with Taylor Heineke and the crazy thing about that Carson Wentz thing I know if people hear 28 million dollars and they lose their mind is that's like a deal that's a deal for a guy that you think is a starting caliber quarterback right so it's not as prohibitive as this Derek Carr thing's going to be like he is looking to make a lot of money and someone's going to pay him a lot of money like a lot of money and so that's why i said if it's the if it's 30 to 35 million dollars you probably take a look at it you have the conversation i don't think that's even on the table i think he's going i want 40 to 45 million dollars and this is what the deal is and it's going to be a four or five year deal you're going to be half like hampered for a while so think about that even if he goes from 40 to 45 that's five million dollars a year you lose to re-sign players think about cam curl's potential salary as being five million dollars a year you lose that just from there you know what i'm saying like and then that's not even talking about the bigger numbers with Payne extending montez so that's where it becomes prohibitive And and again we've talked about philadelphia a lot on this on this podcast but one of the things that i really admire about them is they said hold let's hold up we've got a guy we think can do it right and Jalen Hurts, they built around him. The roster was completely ready, like totally ready, no doubt about it. And then they said, we'll give him a year. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we're, we, this is the we year. Have they, capital. Have, they have two first-round picks. They could trade up and get whoever they want. So I think that that is something that um, I, I've always been an advocate of drafting a rookie quarterback, even a later-round quarterback, even like the Brock Purdy's of the world, right? I think there's value there because it lets you – build and cultivate this roster of tremendous playmakers like san francisco is a fantastic example yeah everyone's like oh they gave up all this draft capital for um lance for lance and they brought in purdy and they have garoppolo lance is like not even a factor in terms of their salary cap he takes up like less than a percentage point right so they can go out and sign kittle sign trent williams you know um the middle linebacker warner they can extend those guys and Jimmy Garoppolo is at a very reasonable number as well. So that is, to me, what you're getting. That That's a perfect example. I think um, Lance is at like probably five, five and a half million a year because of how the contract is structured, maybe seven in terms of cap, cap hit. But Jimmy Garoppolo is at 28. So the two of those guys together are less than what Derek Carr would be here in Washington, right? Just to give you some right. perspective on what that number is. And because they were sound in their process with good deals with quarterbacks, they're able to build this roster out. So I think that's ultimately what I settle on is like, is this roster ready to win a Super Bowl? The roster. And the answer I would say is probably not. And so the the, the number one thing that's prohibitive to that is going out and paying a quarterback a lot of money. If you look at the quarterbacks who win Super Bowls, they are consistently, I think it's less than, it's less than 5% of the total salary cap. It's rookies, you know, like just go back through every Super Bowl. It's even Patrick Mahomes under his new deal is less than 5% of the total salary cap. Like that is what you're looking for. And Derek Carr is immediately prohibitive to that. Derek right. Carr, Aaron Rodgers, whoever it is. And and it just f- prevents you from adding the offensive lineman you need. Yeah, I was about to say that. The, the, add, the yeah. fact that it, we mentioned all those different things that it would prevent, uh, bolstering the O-line is the most important. Right. And you kiss that goodbye, unless you you hit on every draft pick, which is and tough. those guys are ready to play immediately, which we talked about in the last pod. O line sometimes takes a takes a hot second. Yeah, and so I think that to me, when I look at what Derek Carr does, if he's looking for the number that I think he's looking for, which all reports seem to be like yes, 
it, that's just not going to work for this team. And yeah. I think Ron and Marty and everybody's aware of that. Yeah. If it's 15, great. If it's over that, I, I, I just mean, think it's, it's give up if, too much. Even if it's 30, it's fine. But it's not going to be thirty, which is the. See, I don't, thing. I don't, I don't even think I'd want to spend thirty. Like to me, it's you're then, you're 15. then restricting. Yeah, uh, which again, like I'm giving up hope. I, I just think it's, I think it's good perspective to get out of the Sam Howell hype bubble and be like, yeah. hey, who's better, Howell or Carr? <laughs> Carr, Derek Carr is better. at this point would be very surprising if he's not better. Uh, I'm not ruling it out because I don't want to people to wait ahead next, next, next fall. If how it turns out to be amazing and car actually has hit a wall and stinks. Uh, but the, the odds are Derek Carr is better than Sam Howell. The question that you have to ask though, when you build a team is who is the better value and Sam Howell, I think is a significantly better value than Derek Carr who you might get $25 million worth of play out of, but if that $25 million costs you 30 or $40 million, I'd rather get $2 million of quarterback play out of $800,000 of Sam Howell. That's an excellent way to word it. I love how you said that. You know, it's, it's $25 million. If only they million. listened to me when I said that about Carson Wentz last year. Yeah, it's $25 million bucks of quarterback pay, but you're paying $30 million or $40 million for it. Like, that's exactly what you're looking for, right? It's His cost has superseded the value he brings to the roster, and it becomes yeah. prohibitive at some point. All right, this was fun. Uh, keep your, your mailbag questions coming always. You never know when we're going to do one, except for when we tell you we are. And then, <laughs> and then and we then, don't do and it. And then we're like, okay, hey, bring on the questions. And uh, sometimes we have overflow, and that's that's what today's pod was. Uh, coming up next week, we will get you ready for the NFL Combine. Logan and I will both be going to Indianapolis uh, in two weeks, which is very exciting. Uh, so we might even do a pod while we are there. Uh, and then other than that, uh, we, we wait the OC news, which frankly might happen uh, before you listen yeah. to this podcast, depending on when you listen. Bienvenue is interviewing on Wednesday uh, so that is exciting or maybe he's interviewing on Thursday uh, he, he the interview is set I gotta double check on what it is but uh, Biennemi is interviewing Roman interviewed on Tuesday uh, Ron Rivera told uh, a couple of people last week when he did the rounds of interviews he was hoping to have it done by the end of this week but but early next week was also a distinct possibility as he goes through all of his notes from the at this point it'll be eight or nine guys that he's interviewed so we will uh, whoever it is we will do a more in-depth breakdown on the tape and, and what their offense might look like uh, and we'll go from there on that. Uh, get you ready for the combine. That's all coming on Take Command. For Logan, I'm Craig. We'll see you next time. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching right now, and we will see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.